Good afternoon and welcome to Wanda's Picks, a black arts and cultural program of African Sisters Media Network. We are going to rebroadcast uh, an interview with uh, Nambi E. Kelly and other members of the production of jazz adapted by uh, Miss Kelly from Toni Morrison's novel of the same title. This particular work was um, was remounted uh, and and also um, worked on further at the <laughs> the Marin uh, Theater Company, and it closed on May 19th. And I wrote this really, really long piece <laughs> about the work, and uh, I think I I might read it or read some of it, and then just jump right on into the uh, the conversation with the director and um, and see Kelly Wright. And I'm not sure if there were other folks that joined us, but it was a really wonderful conversation, and the work um, was uh, really thought provoking. Um, and even more thought-provoking now when we think about what's happening uh, in these uh, pointed attacks against black people, people of African descent, people that are non-white. Jazz adapted by Nambi E. Kelly from Toni Morrison's novel is a tragic composition performed across a series of lyrically connected or woven tapestries, colors, sounds, fractured memories, missing people, guns, Bullets, falling tears, treetops, wild woods, sharecropped promises, fire terror, unclaimed bodies, too many bodies to count. Love. One of the least spoken about works, Toni Morrison's Jazz is a Migration Story. Not a grand, sweeping victory dance, rather an intimate tale of betrayal and suffering. Jazz asks the question, What happens to a girl who finds her mother's twisted body in a well? What happens to a boy whose mother is seen running wild in the woods? For both girl and boy, fathers are lost. All the two have are stories or songs of their disappearances. When they meet one day in a field, the boy falling almost on the girl from a tree where he waits for his mother, they find in each other kinship. Canvas to cover the holes and stories filled with ellipsis marks. Soothing lullabies Granny sing them to sleep. When Violet, actress C. Kelly Wright, says she is leaving, her Granny gives her a formula to kill any babies her body might conceive. Castor oil, soap, and salt. It becomes a bloody ritual, a pact she maintains to keep the ghosts at bay. Silently, she bears all responsibility for conception, gritting her teeth and smiling to hide the pain, loss. Her husband gives her a bird, parrot, excellently portrayed by actress Paige Myers, I think it's Mays, to fill in silences, wells of babies smothered each month until Violet's fertile soul breathes its last breath, says, enough. This story needs a chorus. A duet can hold only so much, so there are the neighbors. Nappy heads Violet has pressed. Customers her husband Joe has service with his sample case. Jazz is a story of betrayal and infidelity. A girl whose parents are killed in the riots as she watches the fires burn. Her innocence is also stripped bare. 
New Skin Silences. Her Auntie Alice, all portrayed by Margot Hall, cautions the girl to not let the music play her body. Don't give vent to sorrow best squallowed without processing. Don't grieve. Let the dead bury even those unburied, she tells Dorcas, who remains unsettled. If the character is Dorcas, portrayed by actress Desi Soleil, Violet and Joe Trace, portrayed by actor Gene Sullivan, had been able to hear, if not play the changes, perhaps a child might have been allowed to breathe. Dorcas, the child who came too late. There is so much symbolism here. Cotton boils surround the virgin casket or bridal bed. Mourners offer their condolences while Violet, again, actress C. Keller Wright, carrying a knife, cuts her rival's face. The dead child, Dorcas, in the coffin. We see this when we walk into the theater. Jazz is a dirge or funeral march retold in a series of flashbacks. Reset characters crisscross remember terrain. However, the trauma remains unresolved as Violet visits the dead girl's aunt. Just let me sit, she asks. Alice Manfred, Margaret Hall, Margot Halls, tells her to go away, but Violet will not go away. Who shot the girl and why is a question she needs an answer to. Violet's Sankofa journey sits at the intersection of peace and chaos, parrot her talisman. All any of the three stoic fixtures know for sure is their mothers and fathers are lost. Abandoned in death or insanity, Joe, Trace, Violet, and Dorcas, whose parents die in a fire, cannot make sense of the winding cloth that binds each one of them to cooling boards, one tragic song that is black life, but they try. When Violet's Joe leaves her for Dorcas, the, the young girl, she tries across a series of missteps to know the dead girl, for Dorcas is her child, her life in a diaspora filled with such black femme fatales. To move from home to a place like New York, foreign yet Oh, my goodness. Oops, excuse me for a second. <laughs> Just a second. Oh, my goodness. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my. I thought I had, um, I didn't know I only had 15 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Okay, just a second. Okay. Oh, no, wait a second. Oops. Okay. Um, <laughs> we have more time now. Oops. Let me go back to the um, where I was. Let's see. Uh, where am I? Um, let's see. Hmm. When Violet Joe leaves her for Dorcas, when we're starting again, she tries across a series of missteps to know the dead girl for Dorcas is her child. Her life in a diaspora filled with such black femme fatales. To move from home to a place like New York, foreign yet equally hostile and toxic, toxic meant that something had to die. There were parts of themselves black migrants had to amputate, kill, suffocate, to bear the insults, daily slights, both spiritual and economic, to their human humanity. 
um, Claudia Rankine in her Citizen and American Lyric, she calls these microaggressions. Uh, such toxicity poisoned loving relationships. Joy lost temporarily, almost permanently, all traces of the boy who fell into Violet's loving lap. Eventually, there was only silence. Violet became mute. What happens in a relationship silenced? When after Joe's five-year investment toiling and making a crop, the bank takes the couple's land to build a railroad or highway. He convinces Violet to leave the country for the unknown world of Harlem. The way he describes it is as a heavenly dream. It is not. However, Joe and Violet are stuck. There's nowhere else to go, so the two get used to hearing caged birds sing, a literary metaphor personified. Like their ancestors, this journey was not anticipated or desired. When the protagonists meet, the two speak of how much they despise the city and never want to leave home for a place where people live stacked on top of one another and never see the sun, feel dirt, or grow food. The playwright is a skillful is skillful at creating auteurs. This bird is one of them. The parrot tells Violet she loves her. It becomes the surrogate child she has refused to birth. The bird knows Joe's secrets, but she doesn't tell Violet. Its beautiful voice fills in story where silence is in the music. The couple play is clanging is a clanging cacophony. Dissonance normalized as Dorcas's dead body and absent killer haunt the proceedings. Dorcas's face looks at Violet from her apartment wall where she presides. Who would hang the photo of the woman child who seduced her husband? Is Violet crazy? Yes, crazy for Joe. So crazy about Joe, Violet has to interrogate the dead girl and her aunt and all who knew her. What is the backstory? she inquires. How is learning more about Dorcas key to Violet's untying the taunt restraints choking her relationship with Joy with Joe? Jazz is an American story. It is a story of black people's duress and pain capitalized, monetized by government, which politically or economically never saw black people as free. When director Jordan Peele's Rod Williams' Little Real Howery <laughs> tells his friend Chris Washington, Daniel uh, Kaluuya, the actor, to get out, Jazz answers. Kelly's adaptation of Morrison's jazz says, escape is only through death, a daily ritual application of poison Violet carries in her purse. Her grandmother gives it to her. It is the only way her foremothers knew know to survive. Orphaned, it is all she and Joe. Let's extrapolate and say, a people know. What black people do not know, jazz says, does kill them. There is no way to undo death, so what is the message of survival here? Violet's, Violet ritually keeps pulling bloody rags from between her legs. Is the blood, the rapes, unwanted children and children taken at birth when black bodies were not our own? Is this the fear that stalks Joe and Violet that has them say, as of on cue, no children when Joe falls into Violet's lap? Do the two youth feel that Scarred, they do not have capacity for life, so determinated with their personal uh, finale is grace. How does Violet mourn the couple's lost? How do black people stop the ritual death march? 
How do we save this marriage and the symbolic Christ child Dorcas? Is this possible? What instrument does Violet need to carry in her purse to straighten this out? And so Nambi E. Kelly's adaptation of Toni Morrison's jazz begins with a rhetorical question. The musical motif a way to excavate the terrain covered in disease pockmarks. Jazz ultimately is an opportunity to unpack the luggage we have collectively stored in too many attics in the north, west, east, and beyond 400 years after Fort Comfort. Jazz takes us places only such a composition is capable. There is no intermission in this production. Once seated, buckle up, and while you won't enjoy the ride, Sankofa, the return that is, is a necessity for freedom. Let Ashu Legba lead the way. Watch the bird, actress Paige Mays. Listen to her song. In an excellent production directed by Awoye Tempo with music by Marcus Shelby, the play in its second iteration is up, as I mentioned, it was up through um, um, Malcolm X's birthday, May 19th this year. Um, The Marin Theater Company also produced Nabi E. Kelly's Native Son. The cast uh, of this production of jazz was, of course, excellent with outstanding performances by all, especially C. Kelly Wright as Violet, Michael Jean Sullivan as Joe Trace, Desi Soleil as Dorcas or Wild, and Paige Mays as Parrot and Golden Gray. Joanne Hager's choreography, Marcus Shelby's score, the set design and costumes and lighting, sound, and all the artistic elements that make a production speak well, the intentions of playwright and director are superb as well. <laughs> so anyway, for information about what's going on at Marin Theater Company presently, you can visit marintheater.org or you can call 415-388-5208. And, uh, yeah, so that was my <laughs> review, which was um, published in the San Francisco Bayview newspaper and also um, Wanda's Picks, uh, dot com a while back. And so now, as I mentioned, I'm going to play the interview with the uh, direct, not direct, but the playwright and uh, and E. Kelly, C. Kelly Wright, and some of the other folks um, in the production. So enjoy, and, uh, and that's going to be followed, hopefully, um, by uh, uh, some other pleasant surprises. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to do. Um, hmm. I'm not sure exactly. I was thinking about Kill Move um, Paradise, but I'm not sure. So just stay tuned. But right now, I think we're joined in the studio. Um, is this you, um, C. Kelly Wright? Or is this Kelly. Oh, Nambi. Okay, I was just trying to figure out what is that area code. Oh, super. Nambi E. Kelly, the playwright whose work, Jazz, is in the second iteration world premiere at the Marin Theater Company through Malcolm X's birthday on Sunday, so people can go tonight, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday. I think there are like two performances Saturday and two performances on Sunday. Wow, you are so good at adapting these classics and making them like speak in different kind of ways for our audience. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. It's been a minute since I've actually seen you. You are so busy writing and acting and wow. Mhm. Trying to make a living, you know. 
Yeah, you know, I don't think I've ever seen you on stage as an actress or an actor. Um, do you ever perform here in the Bay Area? Because I know your work, you know, is, is produced here. Yeah, I haven't been on stage in the Bay. Okay, okay. I didn't show, think I missed you, but I was just checking. Yeah, the last show I did uh, was in the in November last year. I did Dominique Morisot's Pipeline. And uh, that oh. was a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did it at Pittsburgh at City Theater, directed by Reg Douglas. We had a really, really good time. Mm. Were you, who were you in Pipeline? I was the lead. I was... You were the mother. Yeah. Mhm. Whoa, really? Cause I I didn't um, I didn't get a chance to see that live. I watched it um, in Broadway play something or another. Somebody um, you know they 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 videoed it, and then you could oh, watch yeah, it. Oh um, I, I beca- Oh, I had to actually pay for it, but maybe it was on PBS too. <laughs> yeah, I became a member of something. Yeah, cause I was in um. Indianapolis, and I told mm-hmm. folks about it because I was at a conference on um, a higher education in prison, and mm-hmm. and and the folks they organized a party to go to the play and didn't even invite me, and I'm like, what? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and it was sold out, so I'm like, oh man, because I knew the play would resonate with folks because of the topic. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that was such a marvelous work. Oh man, I bet you were phenomenal in it. Uh, I did my best. I'll yeah. just say that it's a it's very tough. Yeah, very, uh, very it certainly certainly is. It is. It really it really is. Um, wow, that mother she really holds a lot. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. So um, your your bio is really really um long, <laughs> but uh, and so I highlighted I highlighted parts of it, and and if I don't um. If I don't read parts that you wanted highlighted, you could um, let me know, um, and you could say, "Oh, you know, like what, what did I leave out that you want to share?" So, um, Nambi E. Kelly has performed on regional stages across the country, internationally, including many shows at the Goodman Theater, Steppenwolf Theater, and has been seen on several television shows, including Elementary, Person of Interest, Madam Secretary, Chicago PD, and. Um, guest starred on NBC's Chicago Justice. Uh, Nambi, there's some kind of uh, static noise happening. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, probably because I'm driving. Oh, you're moving. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, no problem. Uh, um, we'll just have to overlook the noise. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, other shows have been person of interest, Madam Secretary, Chicago PD, and guest starred on. Could you mute me while I'm while I'm reading this? Mute yeah, yourself while I'm reading this, and then it's, okay. Yeah, I want I want our audience to be able to hear this more clearly. And you guest starred on NBC's Chicago Justice. Most recently, uh, Nambi appeared in MacArthur Genius Award recipient Dominique. Um, oh yeah, we spoke about that. Um, and I don't know how to pronounce her name. Darn. Um, Nambi, how do you say it? Dominic's Marcel. last name? Marcel, thank you. Pipeline at the City Theater. Jeff Sweet's critically acclaimed off-Broadway two-handler, Kunstler, 59th East 
59 and two trains running Goodman Theater. Uh, Nambi made, recently made her professional de- directorial debut at Theater Works Colorado Springs. I didn't even know there was a Theater Works Colorado. Uh, the first African-American female to helm a production of their over 40-year history. Isn't that amazing? Congratulations. Um, an accomplished playwright, Nambi is currently serving in residence at New Victory Theater and the Dramatist Guild Foundation in New York City. She has penned plays for Steppenwolf and Goodman Theater in Chicago, Lincoln Center, Director's Fest in New York, and internationally. Kelly recently served as playwright and resident at the National Black Theater in New York. Um, she has a lot of awards. They include the Prince Prize, Writers Alliance Grant, Dramatist Guild Foundation, Stage Raw, Los Angeles Best Adaptation for Native Son, the Francesca Primus Award, the finalist for that, and the Kevin Spacey Foundation Award, another finalist. Um, in this, uh, I want you to talk to us about this adaptation of Toni Morrison's Jazz, um, because you're so good at at, at um, adaptation. Um, I mean, I people who experience your Native Son and that rat character will never be the same. Similarly, um, people who experience, um, you know, the bird and um, and this mythical, you know, other figure um, that's um, a part, something that you create, it's just, just phenomenal the way you take jazz and distill it for us so that, you know, it's a migration story, it's a love story, it's a story of trauma, it's a story of father loss, uh, it's a story of crazy mothers and mother loss. I mean, it's just so much happening. And then that, you know, people who stay and the people that leave and and potions that kill life and just just like so much going on and and and, and you make it work <laughs> with this jazz. I mean, you know, sort of incorporating, you know, Marcus Shelby's wonderful score and the dance. And then the scenic design, you know, with the cotton looking like flowers and the burial, which is sort of, you know, sort of like a uh, August Wilson, like starting with the funeral and then working your way backwards, right? <laughs> and then the play is like haunted by, you know, by this young girl who was killed, and then we get that story. It's just amazing how you do this. So, yeah, tell us about why jazz and just sort of your, your process. Well, I'm fascinated listening to uh, everything you got out of it. <laughs> oh, I got Thank more, you. but that's a little short version for just from memory. <laughs> wow, wow, that's really, really amazing. Like, all of it is Tony, you know? All of that is Tony. Mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't have a parrot character in the play, in the book, I mean, but, um, but there is a parrot that's mentioned, and so I just decided to take that and make oh. it a character, but... I would say my process has been, um, it was a project that came to me uh, based on Native Son because Mm -hmm. um, the publisher, Tony's publisher for uh, Lewis Eye to the play, uh, they really, uh, they pitched me to her and she said yes. So Mm -hmm. uh, that was how she came to me. And then, um, and so they chose the book, uh, she chose the book, uh, the publisher chose the book. And so it came to me, oh. and then I was able to get a producer. I was able to get a commission so that I could do it. So the very first production of it, tomorrow, and um, and literally like 
we put that show up about 10 months really after I started working on it. Like, it, it was no time at all. And so, as you know, Tony is very dense, and she's got a lot to mm -hmm. say, and she's very layered. And I felt like that production uh, was, you know, it was, a, it was a draft, but it wasn't finished. Um, mm -hmm. And certainly, I think the production that's up now, um, I, I need another production so I can fully realize, I think, you know, now I have, I have a lot in there, so it's like, what do I take away? know to, to streamline more information because the first production didn't have enough information this one has a whole lot and so I think mm -hmm. like the third time is the charm that I'll find the balance of how much uh, to uh, to put in the draft but but I was um, very very pleased with uh, working with my cast and my director uh, away tempo and to have C Kelly write in a, in a show is is always a dream and uh, and um, and uh, it's just um, a really fabulous, fabulous cast. And so I went back to see the show this weekend because I wasn't able to stay for opening. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I will. And so I'm going to make some more more changes <laughs> based on the, you know, the last production I saw. Because um, it's a process, you know. I'm a dis I consider myself a discovery-based artist. So I don't often, I, I will start with a general idea of something, and then I'll get more specific as I, as I go. And I think certainly with adaptation, the thing that is important to me is to sort of honor the original source. And I know people are like, well, you have to take it, you have to explode it on your head, and da, 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 da. It's like, well, yeah, you can do that. And I think I, I, it ends up being that anyway, but particularly because um, our black writers are so prolific. Like, for me, I'm in conversation with them, you know, and if anything, it's a passing of the baton as opposed to let me, like, there's nothing I can improve on with Richard Wright or Toni Morrison. Like, that's kind of a ridiculous notion. But I can actually be, absolutely be in conversation with them as ancestors slash um, grandmother, you know what I mean, elder, yeah. ancestor and elder, to, because they have way more to teach me you know, that I could ever possibly learn. And so that's always sort of my, uh, it's always, you know, in honor of, uh, as, as, a, as a philosophy of how I approach that kind of work. I'm honoring them mm. by being the generation behind them that is still fully engaged in their ideas and then filtering it through my own prism um, to speak to a 21st century Nambi in a 21st century audience, therefore, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just um, I remember I remember jazz, and um, it took me a lot. I mean, people think, oh, I'll start with this book. Like, looks are deceptive because you think, oh, it's thinner. So it must be easy, like no, no. Tony Morrison. Nothing is easy, and so I think it took me like I don't know, at least three or four tries if I could finally get there. It was like I'm like, what is this about? I think jazz as a metaphor is certainly what's going on with these characters dancing around each other, um, like, <laughs> and um, and and as I sat in the theater when it was over, it's like okay, I knew what happened, but I'm like. Dang, I felt so heavy. 
I was so happy that I hung out in the in the uh, waiting room. Not waiting room. Oh, waiting room. So funny, like I was in a hospital, right? I stood, you know, in the lobby <laughs> for so long to be able to talk to different um, actors because I really needed some help unpacking it and the uh, the talk back. I got pulled from it because that was really helpful, just listening to other members of the audience and the facilitators, artistic facilitators, sort of help us. Because uh, there's no intermission. You just get all this stuff just gets dropped on you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. It's a, it's a whole lot. So, so tell me about, you know, sort of the, the whole idea of, of having an original musical score and and the idea of jazz as also a character sort of moving through the other characters almost like it's like a through line but it's also it's like a lifeline something that they grab onto even though there's there's like some spiritual resistance they need something to keep them from sinking um i think that um the um the musical score for um uh market the Marcus's work, Marcus Shelby's work, was really sort of mm-hmm. the brainchild of Jason Menendakis, who is the artistic director at um Marin. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you off of this particular speaker, see if I can hear you you can hear me better. Hold on. Oh, okay. Good morning. Um, and C. Kelly Wright has joined us. Good morning, C. Kelly, how are you? I'm excellent. Hi, C. Oh, Kelly. Oh, it's Nambi. Hi, Nambi. Hello, my dear. Nambi, can I interrupt you for a second to introduce uh, C. Kelly? Okay. Yeah, um, C. Kelly Wright is one of my favorite actors oh my god and in this play jazz um is Nambi uh kelly's jazz is um she plays violet in country violet uh and in the program she uh writes that she is honored to return to marin theater company where she first appeared in the award-winning as thousands cheer that was too long ago 2000 dang really yes oh no yes. and more recently uh in uh, Nambi e kelly's native son yeah, you were phenomenal in that. While wow, you were the mother of those those children that were, whew, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the two boys and the girl. Um, actress, singer, dancer, writes work on off Broadway and theater theatrical stages across the country have garnered her much acclaim, including Langston in Harlem, Urban Stages, New York City, the Scottsboro Boys West Coast tour. I saw you in that. Black Pearl Sing, mm-hmm. Interact Philadelphia. Carolina Change and Radio Golf Theater Works California. I saw you in that. Um, yes, fan. Yes, I am a fan. Uh, <laughs> greatest love <laughs> might be found developing new works. Uh, <laughs> she has given voice to playwrights uh, R.N. Squire, Calvin A. Ramsey, David Lee Colston, Douglas Lyons, Larry Powell, Marcus Garley, yeah, Marcus Garley, he's one of ours. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh what is that Black Odyssey? <laughs> yes. Um uh Nylon Johnson, Nina Mercer, uh Philana 
How do you pronounce the lamb's last name? Mm-hmm. Try it. Go ahead. Almost. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what language is that? What's her That's ancestry? Is that? Uh, mm. Well, she is. Um, no, she has African ancestry, and I think it's. I I think it's uh, Nigerian, but I'm not certain of that. Yeah, that that is some name there, um, and many more. Yeah. Uh, musically, uh, <laughs> C. Kelly Wright has developed with multiple award-winning writing teams. Um, Violet Country Violet is the blessed realization of the wildest dreams coming true. Whoa! Wow, that's beautiful. Um, so, um, yeah, Nambi, I interrupted you. <laughs> oh, I was just saying that. Uh, that uh, Marcus Shelby's contribution to the production and was really the brainchild of, of Jason Menadakis, the, the artistic director, mm-hmm. and he wanted to, uh, he asked me, based on the first production, he said, what do you need, um, mm-hmm. what do you need to finish the play? And I said, I needed, well, I needed money first. So <laughs> he made sure he got me some more money. But also I said I needed, I wanted to work with a musician um, to really sort of sort of fill out the play musically to see, you know, what the possibilities were in terms of music. And so we collaborated with Marcus probably over the course of a year. Um, just, you know, you know, we did a couple of workshops and then meetings with him. Really we did, we did two meetings a month with him really for about six or seven months. Um, just uh, trying to, you know, talking through the ideas of the play and the themes of the characters and and musically what was possible and so, and then we got to rehearsal and um, we picked bits and pieces based on um, all of those conversations and um, added what we could and um, and so yeah, so that's that's how all of that sort of came to to fruition. Um, and in terms of jazz itself, um, it's interesting because the play takes place in 1926. So jazz in 1926 is a very different musical animal than it than, than the way we sort of think about jazz. And, and certainly people who are jazz connoisseurs understand the evolution of jazz, what it was in that time period to how we think of it now. And... Um, and it's, 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 I always hope that it's not disappointing that the show doesn't have more modern interpretations of jazz in it uh, because it's just not the time period. And one of the things that, um, that I'm looking forward to growing even further in future productions is, is the parrot because the parrot um, ideally will embody all of that uh, jazz mm. from various eras and hip-hop and spoken word and and so that's something that we're going to build into a, another a future production. But we have the bare bones of it now. Um, and certainly mm-hmm. Paige, what's Paige's last name? Maze? Or yeah, yes. She's, mm-hmm. a, she's amazing. That girl can do anything. She's so beautiful. She's so gifted. Yeah. And so just looking forward to moving forward with that notion, like of really developing her character. Mm-hmm. Um, to to embody music through time, which is how she succeeds. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll yeah. get there. Um, someone, someone's um, just joined us. Oh, darn. I thought maybe it might have been Paige. Is Paige going to join us, uh, C. Kelly? 
I thought she was, and now I'm checking to see if that's the case. Okay. As we speak. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. She was amazing as um, the parrot and as um, Golden Gray, and then her mm-hmm. singing and those costumes are so awesome, aren't they? Oh my God. That is. Karen Perry, right? Mm-hmm. Karen Perry, Karen Perry. Yeah. yeah. The bomb. Yeah. Right. So, so C. Kelly, uh, tell us about about your uh, violet, country violet, and um, and so what was the attraction to to her? And and um, yeah, tell us about her her story because I don't know. It just seems like she is such a femme fatale, like such a tragic character. Yeah, and such a a large and small character all at the same time. It's kind of amazing. I mm-hmm. think there there was no reason not to want to uh, be her. Um, <laughs> I mean, as roles go, I mean, there's there is. There, it's just an amazing, amazing uh, opportunity. I mean, you saw the play Wanda, so you know that mm-hmm. uh, as 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 this role in in this prism um, exploration of jazz, I'm I'm young, I'm old, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm terrified, I'm. Uh, I am hopeful. I am all things in less in less than two hours' time. <laughs> An hour and thirty four minutes and twenty five seconds was last night's show. <laughs> exactly. So you know it. It and it starts like I'm shot out of a cannon, and it just um, it's rigorous. It's everything that I could want. It um, as as a role, it demands um, everything that I had for me to go get some more, some more understanding, some more uh, resilience, some more emotional like uh, <laughs> wellspring, just just more. And so, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Um, you you probably need a youthful spirit and an old soul at the same time in order to oh. um, find, may I find her all of her problems. May I add to that, too, mm-hmm. that everything that she's Certainly. talking about, about how, how all of those thoughts and those emotions exist simultaneously is really mm-hmm. um, what we're going for with the production in terms of the thought that Tony gives us, which is that everything is now. So in the original mm-hmm. production, Violet was actually split into two characters. Like it were two actresses oh. playing Violet and Country Violet. And it mm-hmm. was actually something C. Kelly said in a workshop. She said, When we did a workshop at Marin, she said, well, it, it kind of makes more sense if, 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 if it's the same actor. And she's absolutely right about that. And so based on you telling me that, C. Kelly, that was what made me go back <laughs> to, uh, wow. to, making, to making it one character because, because we do, as, as you know, jazz, 
jazz to me is being able to live with your beginnings, your middles, and your ends all at the same time. Like yeah. anybody can mm-hmm. close their eyes in this moment and remember being six or, or, or imagine being 80. And so everything is now, you know. Yeah. Oh, shit, as I'm about to have a car accident. No, 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 don't do that. Well, no. I mean, I, I saw him at the last minute. Thank you, God, I didn't get hit. Um, so, yeah, so just like, so everything that she's talking about, about going through all of that in the span of two hours, like that's sort of the metaphor of jazz is that we learn to live with all of these things simultaneously. And they yes. inform our music. They inform our music and how we move through life. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I, I came to this. I was working on a project, a very comprehensive jazz tree that um, crosses uh, the waters and 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 gives us a full look at all these genres that we call different things, but how they how they came out of this great African American art form. And and so someone in in our research said, uh, for them, jazz is is a music that is um, composed and executed simultaneously. Oh, Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. uh, So we're playing it and making it at the Mm -hmm. same time. And for the African-Americans, especially in that time, planning, <laughs> we can, and it's still, you know, you can plan, and then you have to prepare for what happens. But, but when there were so many things uh, out of our control, uh, so many elements that could come in and change everything, Joe and Violet didn't, uh, they, they didn't lose their home by natural causes. So uh, they didn't come north necessarily because that was the plan. Uh. It was the improvisation uh. of the, the, the place and time that they were in. They shifted that place and time. They tried to moving forward and that's jazz so, and that's being black <laughs> that's being black that's we that's what that's that's why that's why we claim it i mean it's, we claim it because it's ours but we're still uh, playing it as a uh, people yes yeah yeah i want to um be, i don't know what i don't know how soon you're going to have to get out your car uh but I wanted to ask you if you both could talk about the haunting, um, because um, your character, um, C. Kelly, um, Violet is haunted by Dorcas, and uh, and then Dorcas is so interesting. Um, uh, Desi Soleil plays Dorcas, which she also plays Wild, who is the mother, um, Michael Jean Sullivan's, um, uh, his character, Joe Trace, you know, he's married to Violet, um, um, and uh, and he also plays Country Joe, and 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 he's haunted by his mother Wild, who he just wants to get a glimpse of as he sits in a tree, and then he falls from the tree and hits Violet, Country Violet, and you know, and then and she's wandering off trying to find her fortune, and both of them say no children. Um, yeah, it's just it's just so interesting, you know, this haunting, um, and and even Margot Hall's, um, you know, Alice Manfred. Um, 
you know, uh, Dorcas's um, great, I think she's her auntie, um, mm-hmm. she's kind of, she's, she's haunted. And, and so that's why she really can't give in to the musical kind of um, uh, expression, you know, that could really help free her spirit, so to speak. She just can't mm-hmm. let go like that because maybe she feels that if she let go, she would lose herself in the spirit, you know, releasing all that stuff that black people had to hold in to live in the North. Because, um, you know, it's just like, it's not like it got better when they left the country. Um, you know, when when um, your character, um, C. Kelly Violet, and, and her partner, um, Joe Trace, migrated, it's not because they wanted to, it's because someone took, some people took their land because they could. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, it, it's not to me. It's not that supernatural an idea because uh, if if you are if you are betrayed in any way by love or life, however it occurs, it it can become uh, it can become the thing that you you the only thing you can think about. The hows, the whys, when we've been uh when we've been conned or when we've been uh uh tricked by someone, you just play it over and over in your head trying to come up with the how, the when, the why, all the answers because all you have is questions and that's where Violet finds herself. She has questions she didn't even know she had and there's nobody to give her answers so she's looked and she's you know she's got everything she can find out she just needs she needs to process those and she doesn't she doesn't know where to begin and this becomes an object of of a of a, a very deep need. It's not so much darkness. It's it's answers because violence seems to always be staring down at a dead person asking for answers. So um <laughs> like, I, I would yeah. oh go ahead, Kelly. Sorry. No, no. Well, like, go ahead, cause, mm-hmm. go ahead. I was just going to say that um, the, the the haunting of of Dorcas, um, like it, uh, it's absolutely what C. Kelly's talking. Oh, can y'all hear me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, cool. It's absolutely what C. Kelly is talking about about um, you know this search for answers, and I think it's it's our search for answers as a people, and our search mm-hmm. for answers, you know, like. You know, in terms of you know our youth and how we take care of our youth and and how you know and how our world does not take care of our youth too, like we're haunted by these young people, and you know I think about it i mean this is not necessarily what Tony is saying, but I think about it in relationship to black lives matter, you know, and the whole argument of you know if um if black people are killing each other, then why do we really matter and i I absolutely think that for where I sit, like it's a that haunting is a is a conversation and it's a call to action as well. 
about how do we take care of our youth and how do we take care of each other and how do we continue to grow in this new land that is not ours, you know, because it's not ours. It's not our land. We were brought here. We were forced here. And so how do you make a way out of no way? It's what Alice says. You know, you got to make it. You got to take it. Whatever the story is, whatever the narrative is, you got to take it and you got to make it. And so it's, um, and, and that's just one aspect of it, you know. I think it's, um, it's a multi-layered and very complicated conversation. And uh, that's the thing that, that always sort of grabbed me about it is Violet, you know, brings this young woman's picture into their home and she sets mm-hmm. it <laughs> on, the, on the mantle for, you know, and it essentially, you know, the ghost of this girl, the spirit of this girl takes over takes over and uh and it and it takes over her mind and it takes over his heart and and like how do you reckon with that how do you reckon with that is it's such a a viable and important question you know Mhm. yeah and i also think about you know sort of the way that the story goes you know it takes place um you know we start with the funeral and we go back to see sort of what led up to uh to the funeral and the person who was killed Dorcas and and then and then um disfigured <laughs> while she lay dead there you know um mm-hmm. uh, and you mentioned um sort of how do we take care of our children and i was thinking mm-hmm. about you know Dorcas's story you know being orphaned and and how you know there there was no there was no funeral there was no uh, opportunity to grieve particularly for her dolls, right, which were like yeah. the next generation, you know, they were another incarnation, and, and she missed mm-hmm. her dolls. She missed her parents, too, but she missed her dolls. And then and then she witnessed, you know, the consumption by fire, right? I'm like, dang, right. you know, to know and that the layers of her mother and father. Yeah. yeah, the layers mm-hmm. of trauma that that is for for us as a people, for generations, mm-hmm. you know, because that stuff reverberates. You know, it's not just, yes. I mean, when Tony talks about everything is now, that's that's still in our spirit. That's still in our DNA, you know, and how yeah. we mm-hmm. reckon about that. And, I mean, when mm-hmm. you think about yeah. something like uh, watching a, a sister get shot five times and then going into work, mm. you know, mm. and mm-hmm. doing a mm-hmm. play, um, mm. and, like, asking for money and not talking about, you know, it's just like, okay, there's, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. And this isn't, and and yet we we have to just keep moving. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, we, we have yeah. to just constantly just keep moving. We can't ever just like, this is important. We have to stop everything. Mm-hmm. So we, we just have to keep going and darkest, uh, dies and somehow Alice is uh is has her time spent taking care of uh someone who's not her responsibility and not her it's just out of the like understanding need and understanding love and needing love and it just mm-hmm. gets all so confusing that we can't like deal with each individual thing in life. You know, it's like mm-hmm. okay she had to heal herself through me somehow. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's like right. 
uh, well, I have questions too, and I just need to get, I just need to get through this. I need to talk, and I, I, I mean, it's, it's just wild how our community has to always uh, do this dance. Mm. You know, do this mm-hmm. dance of, yeah, let's not deal with the trauma. You know, I can't, I'm, I'm experiencing trauma, but I don't have really time to deal with it. This is not the forum for that. This is not the, this is not the time. You don't have the opportunity to be um, delicate or, you know, it's just, it's or just wild. Yeah. Yeah, soft. And, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you and stay in your village too long, you will lose everybody because mm-hmm. they're gone. Right. Like, you, you just can't, just like Alice says to Dorcas, you can't just sit there. You got to come on. You got to get up. Mm. I know this terrible thing happened to you, but it, if, if it takes you, then, you know, it's, you just making it more terrible. Just get up. <laughs> get beyond it. Mm. Yeah. Yanabi, you were going to say something? I was just going to add that, um, that I think that's, that's jazz, right? Like Tony's giving yeah. us a roadmap for how to deal with trauma and grief, and it's to learn to dance within it, you know? Mm. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. I was thinking, um, uh, Nambi, about your juxtaposition of, of Joe Trace and uh, and Henry Lestroy. Lestroy uh, is it Lestroy or Lestory? How do you pronounce this? I can't, that's, quite, that's I can't quite remember where the aura goes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, Dane, Dane Troy's character, who is really so, you know, so we've got Dorcas in the middle, and then we've got, you know, um, you know uh, Henry, and we've got Joe. Joe is old, and he's too old uh, to be messed with this child who could be his daughter. And then, and then Henry, he's, you know, he doesn't like her, but she really likes him. <laughs> and and he doesn't he doesn't you like the way acting. she looks and acting hmm? pardon me acting yeah oh oh the acting is the part oh acting is the one okay yeah because he plays three characters yeah. okay yeah acting right exactly acting doesn't like uh, Dorcas and then and then Dorcas has this wonderful little friend um, portrayed by Tiffany Tennille, um, uh Felice and and Felice is really self assured and 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 knows her gifts. I really like her. I mean, I just love the writing around her. She is mm-hmm. she is really wonderfully done. Um, yeah, and then also, you know, we have you know Lisa Lacey's um, country gossip and 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 Malvon and Malvon, I guess, is the one who's sort of taking the money from from Joe, right? Um, mm-hmm. To do what he does, which is wrong, but hey, it's money. Um, mm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But back to um, you know these these two men with you know uh, Dorcas in the middle, and then we've got uh, Felice who is sort of um, uh, she's like the uh, counter argument you know for Dorcas because Tiffany's character Felice doesn't have that kind of trauma that she's trying to work through, and then on top of that. Um, you know Dorcas's presentation. You know she's got straight hair. She's got a lighter complexion, and and people are not feeling beauty there. 
And she also mm. has um, pock marks in her face, I, I believe, um, was how, how mm-hmm. she described herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So I just wanted you to talk a little bit about, you know, sort of the juxtaposition of of these two male characters and the two female characters. Mm. The juxtaposition of the two male or two female characters. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Cuz like we have um, cuz we have like Dorcas in the middle of the two men, two male characters, but then Tiffany is like a you know, she's. It sort of reminds me of Toni Morrison's um, books, uh, Sula. You know about the two girlfriends, mm-hmm. and um, you know in this in this these these this coupling, you know the two of Dorcas and um, and and Felice. They could mm-hmm. be like those two girls in Sula, and one, you know, they don't both survive, um, mm. but they do love each other. Mm-hmm. And the yeah, one that doesn't like survive. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. The one that doesn't survive. Go ahead. Oh, well, she, you know, her friend still loves her. You know, she just can't, you know, you just can't save people. They have to, people have to save themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, want to, want to, like, hold their head up out of the water. Don't just, like, put your head on your chin if I'm trying to help you. <laughs> you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're both in the water. Mm-hmm. I think that, um... I think that you just did a really good job of explaining. That's all. I wasn't sure what the question was because it it seemed like you did a really good job of explaining oh. who the characters are oh, and, and how who, how they oh. are. Yeah, you you answered the question. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I got nothing to add to that. <laughs> good. <laughs> no, well, better than I could have ever. So. <laughs> Listen, my ladies, um, I I have to I have to skedaddle. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, wow. thank you so much. Um, yeah, I think I think the timing is just perfect. You know, to have this play, you know, at the time when you know we have the 400 year return, you know, to Africa, yeah, more specifically, mm-hmm. and then Malcolm X's birthday is on Sunday, and the play runs through Sunday, and Malcolm X, you know, started the organization of Afro American Unity. You know, mm-hmm. similar to you know the organization that um, uh, President Kwame Nkrumah founded, um, mm-hmm. you know, along the same same um, uh, idea, and he actually presented there. So I just think universally, you know, like the universal consciousness, like to have this play jazz happening right now in this moment is just so perfect. And let me know mm-hmm. where you're going to do it for the third time. I want to come see what happens to uh, the parrot. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I want to well, see fingers crossed. fingers crossed. There was a producer in the house last night, so I hope it was a good show. Ooh. <laughs> it was a good show Ooh. last night. Oh, good. Good, good, good. It was I heard some good. people. Oh, mm, good. Nice. Yeah, good. Nice. Nice. Great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I mean, All I, right, had, good people. I, I had nine people in the house last night, myself. Ooh. Oh, nice. Okay. I only knew about two of them, so it was really exciting. Oh, how nice. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I have to go. All right. You take okay. care. Have a good day. I love you, Nanny. Thank you. I love you, too, C. Kelsey. Thank you, Wanda. You're wel
Bye. So, C. Kelly. Yes. So what are, what are some of your favorite moments in the play? Um, it's so heavy. <laughs> so uh, what are some of your favorite moments? Uh, well, um, my I mean, it's it's one of my darker moments, but I I'm fond of the top of the show. Mm. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's partly because it's an it's an emotional place that uh one seldom needs to go because it's all the way there, and that it requires me to you know start by just giving in to the character completely, like just um pedal to the metal, as they would say. And I mean, but I I love uh, finding love on stage. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and Michael Jean is is a great person to work off. Um, I think I I just I mean I I love the back and forthness of it. Um, mm-hmm. I. I love all of the memory work um, because it, everything is now. If you mm-hmm. if you can really lock that concept in, then it's not the same kind of challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a journey for me because I think um, as an actor, I'm kind of a naturalist. So, you know, it's like if I'm in an emotional place, it, I, I, I would naturally find the process for how do I get myself out of it. But with this piece moving so fast, um, and the times shifting the way they do, once one moment is played and over, it's done, mm-hmm. and you can't really sit in any one place too long. So, um, mm-hmm. so that that was an interesting thing to find and to um, find the rhythm for. And mm-hmm. done and on, it, it, I don't, the audience doesn't need to sit in everything forever. Yeah, they, that's good. They, it keeps moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. it's but and but an actor can easily uh, find themselves just resting in a place that's dark, or resting in a place that's light, or and and that's a problem. That's an issue for my character because as the actor, I don't really want to even experience some of those sadder places. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to paint those colors. So uh, oftentimes I found in the rehearsal process that I I would I would soften uh my approach to something just because I had been so hard in maybe just the earlier thing but it's like 
for Violet, there is very little rest. And it really wouldn't make mm. sense if I had all these places to to just be in my softness, be in my hurt, be in whatever I'm in. Like, why would I wind up where I did if I had those moments? And since, you know, the audience has already seen the end at the beginning, I mean, then you just need to understand how I got there. Right. And Violet, Mm -hmm. um, the director told me something early, uh, well, in the middle Mm -hmm. of the process probably, she said there is no rest for Violet. There's Mm -hmm. no rest. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that kind of... uh, let me, and I guess she was thinking the same way. There's music in the show, and you know that I sing, but I do very little of the actual singing in the show. Um, and it's mainly because that music is an outlet. Music uh, is what saves us sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and if I, I think for me, emotionally, if Violet had music, if Violet had a song she could sing or a lament that she could uh, wail, then mm-hmm. she probably wouldn't have found herself in the place she was in. Yeah, Violet, yeah that is such oh. a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we sang... Mm-hmm. You know, we sang in the cotton fields to release some of that, to mm-hmm. have some power to change our immediate circumstance in a song. But mm-hmm. Violet couldn't possibly have had that because she would have, uh, she probably wouldn't have done what she did. Yeah, I'm sure she wouldn't have. Yeah, um, and and that that's really that's really interesting um, that point because you know at some point you know Violet just goes completely silent. It just it uh-huh. just you know she can't find herself in herself. She's she's right. destroyed so much of what's important that there is no there. She has a yeah. she has to sort of recreate the there. She is like a empty vessel at you know at at the end like wow you know. You know, every month there's an opportunity, right, for life, and mm-hmm. and she she um, she rids herself of that opportunity, um, you know, very well, methodically. Well, time rids time time rids her of that opportunity, um, mm-hmm. but she's not eventually. Paying attention. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 that's I mean, that that's where that's where we find her. Um, in that in that last beat that you're talking about, but she's I mean I I've I've had uh I've had love and and the interesting thing she she did grow silent, but you'll see that that's that's in Joe's mind. Mhm. Because in Violet's side, she never. Goes silent. 
how mm-hmm. she sees it. It's just the way Joe saw things. Um, mm-hmm. Or in part, it's the way Joe saw things. Because mm-hmm. the things that he wanted to talk about, there were no words for. The things that she wanted to talk about, there were no words for. Right. And she didn't yeah. have any space for his ramblings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, you know, they made the decision together, but she was making these decisions without him. Uh, so she mm-hmm. was holding all the baggage. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, You know, that, you know, they both decided, yeah, they weren't going to have to. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, to him, they were great. She just shut him out for no apparent reason. Mm -hmm. She just, she just all of a sudden wasn't available. And that's why it comes across that way. It's not what so, it's Mm -hmm. just how he felt about it. Mhm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they weren't communicating. Definitely. Mhm. And yeah. they probably, and, and I through. mean, to some degree, they were communicating until they got to the point where silence was louder than the talking. It's like, um, if I say this, it's going to lead me to this. If if I want to mm-hmm. talk about kids, but we've already decided. We're not and having any. Have yeah. com- then I just have that conversation with myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't include you. And people mm-hmm. in relationships can understand that. Sometimes you're living with somebody um, and they're open to other things, but just not this or just not that. Or... You have you're at an impasse on something, and just mm-hmm. it just gets to be a lot of silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of silence, right? Yeah, a lot of silence. But you are you're driving somewhere to yeah. go entertain and be social with people, but in the car mm-hmm. there's no talking. Mm-hmm. I think people in relationships can relate to that. You get out the car and you start talking to people. Mm. But for your right. mate, there's yeah. no conversation. Mhm. Yeah. But um. then you know we sort of like we already talked about you know the um, uh, the unspoken and unresolved uh, trauma that you know these these two um, adults have experienced. Um, you know whether we're talking about their the missing mother, the mothers who are are not in their lives, and the fathers either. Um, and uh and then and then they get together and um and the trauma of racism and structural uh violence and how you know after working on the land and 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 realizing you know some um bounty it just gets taken away from Joe like wow mm-hmm. you know um and he can't fight that that's that's traumatic because they they yep. said they never wanted to go north they wanted to stay you know, on the land, because there was there's yeah. some kind of there's healing in being able to to you know grow something out of soil and be able to touch the earth. 
Um, that was mm-hmm. that you know who knows what have happened if they would have stayed there. Maybe they would have rethought their 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 decision to not have children after they had had a mm-hmm. chance to be in nature and be with each other and love each other into wholeness, perhaps. Right. But that doesn't happen. Mm-mm. There's no opportunity. No. Yeah. Um, I yeah. have a question for you, and then I'm going to let you go because um, you have to work today. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you if you could talk a little bit about, I was wondering, and I was going to ask Nambi, but um, but she had to go, and I forgot um that I had written this down. Um I was wondering if um if if um how how the music, you know, the actual score um sort of impacts your performance and your character. Um and I was wondering cuz I I envision you know live performance and I was just wondering even if they weren't visible but they were like on the side cuz I know sometimes um there's a live uh, live music, live musicians, mm-hmm. and they're playing off, and we don't see them, and then they come out and we see them, and because uh, then then it would be um, the it, each night it would be different, each afternoon it would be different because the musicians would be responding to you know the yeah. actors who are like dancing with them, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think when that happens, that's so marvelous, and it's not, and it's. You know, it doesn't. It's not a musical necessarily. Like it doesn't have to be a musical for there to be live music, um, in you know, as a part of the storytelling. Because I think about uh, in our in our cultural history, um, you know, somebody you know with the, with a a banjo or a guitar or a flute mm-hmm. or you know just like and we sitting around and people telling stories and there's music as a part of right. You know this 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 tapestry. So yeah, I was just wondering because I don't remember. Like I don't remember like what was playing when you know this happened, you know, or what was playing when that happened. I can't remember. I remember the beginning right. when there was nothing, and I remember the end when the you know was kind of quiet. And I remember the dance parts, but the other parts where I know there was music, I don't remember what was right. Playing. And. um I'm sure that will be expanded. I think the the live music you're talking about, uh, that's for the Broadway show. <laughs> oh, okay. And, um, okay. That, no that takes a different kind of budget. Um, okay. And then with this um, music being developed for this piece, um, I think... Uh, we have now a better idea of what types of music work. I mean, there were some some individual compositions, some original compositions by mm-hmm. Marcus, and a lot of the music is just time period. Um, oh, okay. Uh, uh Um, so it's just you know I think uh, the music was to provide a backdrop for the period. Mm-hmm. Um, the music was designed or and intended to be 
a time stamp for where we are oh. um, mm-hmm. in time. So, uh, oh, okay. you know, for the very astute jazz aficionados, they, they might get a little bit more out of it. It's like, ah, yes, that's, you know, in that period, they were, the banjo was very strong or, you know, this mm-hmm. or that. But that is, is still um, probably because that's the piece that was added into this particular production that the next one will flex that out even more. Okay. Um, but, like, the music... There's music for the frame, not to give the mm-hmm. whole piece away, but there's, you know, there's music for Dorcas and music for the country and mm-hmm. and music for the city. And, it's, yeah, it's just, in Tony's book, there's jazz playing as she's talking. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, um, and this way, it's kind of the same. So there's mm-hmm. there's a backdrop of music, but music isn't the focal point of the piece. It's just done mm-hmm. um, accented by the music. But mm-hmm. I do think that um, in following in in uh, following productions, there will be more um, music impact. And Paige, you were talking about her, but she's pretty incredible because, I mean, Mm -hmm. you can, uh, Paige and Dane, I would say, um, their roles were stretched Mm -hmm. beyond what they said yes to originally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, you know, they were, Mm -hmm. really, they were, you know, supporting actors in this storytelling and Paige becoming uh, the device by which we see mm-hmm. the city. We we see the information getting tossed around and spread around and she is like the honester of jazz. Mm-hmm. She, yes. she encompasses the music of the time, because, you know, parents have always been able to capture music and mm-hmm. put it back out. So mm-hmm. I love what Nambi was talking about, about her encompassing all of the music. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, and then you're right about Dane um, being, being like, it's interesting how these characters have, like, their... Um, uh, their counter, you know, the counter narrative. Like, you know, we've mm-hmm. got Dane, Troy's, uh, you know, Henry and Acton and Country Drunk and Numbers Runner. And then and mm-hmm. then we have Paige Myers, you know, Parrot and Golden Gray. And, yeah, and, and they are, they're kind of like outsiders, but they mm-hmm. are definitely manipulating stuff. Like you could almost see them as sort of like the, um, the uh, omnipresent kind of, kind of, uh, voice that is mm-hmm. omnipotent, you know, sort of making things work the way they work, 
you know, people think they have free will, like, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, yeah. you know, these other forces are happening, and, and they represent these other forces. Or give, give, uh, give persona to these other forces. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, yeah, right. yeah. Oh, oh, wow, yeah, thank you for that. So did I miss it in the program? And uh, maybe you could tell me, um, I can ask for it, but are all of the the songs listed that the ones that are original and the ones that are period are they listed in the program that Marcus well, that is a great question um I doubt it okay but I I neither know that for sure or not mm-hmm. um okay I'll ask as I peruse okay. through right now mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know that the music is actually listed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking and I don't see it. Not okay. in the script. I think, you know, there's interesting stuff with the difference between a play and a musical. Mm-hmm. So right. it's, this is definitely not a, a musical. It's a play with music. Right. So exactly. that's probably why the music isn't separately listed, because if it were a musical, mm-hmm. then it would be. But because this is um, supporting music, and mm-hmm. it's not designed to forward the story, which kind of makes mm-hmm. a play a musical, mm-hmm. um, then it's not listed in here. Right, yeah, because, um, you know, when you mentioned that it um, it sort of marks the periods as we move, you know, from one era to another, from one mm-hmm. period to another, then I'm thinking, oh, Later on, you know, I could go look it up and be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is that, and this related to that, and so then I could, since, you know, I wasn't recognizing anything about the tune, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'd have to recognize it. I'd have to do some research by the name of the of the piece and and the um, uh, and the composer um, or performer, and then and then their mm-hmm. the original pieces. Okay, well, I'll ask about that because yeah, because um. Because Marcus is so brilliant, I I know there's, you know, there's a, and and considering how how long, you know, uh, Nambi and Marcus and Jason met, you know, to work this out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just as important, you know, as as the spoken parts of uh, of the work because it's there. Yeah. And I just want to like really like sort of give it the kind of um, attention that maybe that would help me sort of go even deeper on the work that you are doing <laughs> on stage because it's like, oh, my God, audience is so deep. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and you all and you all have um, tonight, Wednesday, there is a um, there's some special things that are happening. And Wednesday night there is a uh, pre-talk, a pre-show talk at 710. Yeah. And, and then after all shows, there's a post-show Q&A uh, led by a member of the artistic staff at um, 
Brand Theater uh, Company, and and sometimes um, uh, performers come out, but um, most uh, see most shows, particularly um, the opening, closing nights, and Saturdays. Um, it says that folks don't come out like from the cast, so people should try to attend. Well, they don't they have they don't have walk. a discussion on opening or closing night, and they oh, don't. Okay, so there's oh. Okay, and so they, there's and no there's Saturday, no discussion on Sunday, mm-hmm. right? Um, most most um, Saturdays because we have two shows, they tend right. to not because we could wind up, yeah, missing meals. Yeah, you That's need to not good. Between. No, right. No, I'm sure it so is. they yeah. they try to not do them on that, but otherwise, yeah. There's post-show discussions, and the actors are not uh, required to be there. Although most of us attend, um, most of the actors in this cast are very interested in the subject matter and interested in what people' takeaway is. Um, that's kind of unusual. Uh, I I think this cast. <coughs> I just basically say that we all feel very highly and strongly about Nambi and her work, and mm-hmm. so more than just artists, we're also like more like ambassadors for her work. It's like everyone seems to just have an interest in making sure people are. Getting the full story. <laughs> mm-hmm. So right, we've right, had a lot yeah. Of, a lot of activity around the um, post-show talks. Oh, excellent, excellent. And uh, and performances in the evening are at seven thirty p.m. Um, and on Saturday two and two and seven thirty, and then Sunday closings is at two p.m. It's a matinee, not an evening. Yes. So um, folks need to visit MarinTheater.org. Uh, theater spelled. T R E at the end, and get your tickets, and um, you can ask and see if there are any discounts that might be applicable because there are quite a few. Try Industry um, Twenty. I'll give it to all your radio listeners. Industry. Industry Twenty. No, in I N D U S T R Y. Industry Twenty. Oh, industry. Oh, industry. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got industry. Okay, twenty. Okay. Right. Oh wow. Try that. Okay. <laughs> Indiscreet. Okay. That's cute. Oh, industry twenty. Okay, cool. Yeah, and um and then um they also have twenty five dollar tickets in selected seats um throughout the run and you can call four one five three eight eight five two zero eight and they have group tickets and they have four dollars off on senior tickets, sixty five plus. There's twenty five dollars for under 30 all the time, available online. For teens, it's $10 all performances, also available online. Military gets $6 off. And then they have an educator, $12 for all performances, limited to, isn't that crazy amazing? $12. But you have to work in a Marin County school. I'm like, oh, that's messed up. So for those who live in Marin County, (laughs) you get a good discount, $12. Just use C. Kelly's Industry 20. 
and get a twenty dollars. Yeah, ticket. yeah. That's a good deal. Yeah, that's twenty dollars. That's awesome. That's a very good deal. Yeah, that's better than all of these. <laughs> Unless you're a kid. Right. Wow, wow. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's over and we never got the chance to get together. I'll be darned. Wow. I know. Except for just just on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just on the a phone. Oh. I did say that opening though. That was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, I want to thank you for for this. This has been lovely, and I will give you a jingle um, when we're on, not on the air, and maybe I'll come see you again on stage, and we can hang out in the lobby. <laughs> yeah. My, you know, my my PhD uh, candidate daughter is mm-hmm. coming in in an hour or so. Oh, lovely. So she'll be here oh, for the rest good. of the run. Yeah. Nice. Brooks nice. Bay lives in oh. East Bay. Okay, okay. She lives she lives here? She is she is from you know, she we grew up oh, yeah. here, but mm-hmm. right. she is at UNC Chapel Hill getting her PhD right now in epidemiology. Mm-hmm. And um and we're very proud of her. But oh, she yeah. wants to come yeah. and support her mom and Numbi. And jazz, so mm-hmm. she's flying right. out. Okay, so she, so she's flying out just for this. That's so awesome. Yes. Cool. Cool. Yes. Well, that's wonderful. Okay. Well, um, I hope her flight is smooth and uneventful. And um, yeah. Yeah, and I know you're gonna have a wonderful reunion when she lands. Yes, I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> so All righty. Will you take good care, C. Kelly, and tell her congratulations on this wonderful, you know, work. Um, yeah, to keep me posted on what what her research involves. Okay, I will. Because it's all okay, about super. us. Oh, all about always. Us. You know, I, yeah, you know, yeah. you know who her mother is. Yeah, <laughs> and her mm-hmm. auntie and her ancestors and. You know, I don't know. I don't know her dad, but you know, I'm sure it's all all connected. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, mm-hmm. and I will see you soon. I hope. Yeah. All righty. You take care. <laughs> okay. Mwah. Bye bye. Bye everyone. Peace and blessings. <laughs> so we are gonna close with. Um, Yes, we're going to close with um, an interview with um, Regina Evans and Rashida Chase, um, about 52 Letters, which uh, is continuing at Ubuntu Theater Company through the 25th at uh, the Flex Building in Oakland. Um, The Flex Building is located at 1501 Martin Luther King Jr. Way. Uh, downtown area of Oakland, and uh, I'm going to, um, on the website, there is a little um, interview with Regina, and I'm trying to think, am I going to play that or just play our interview? (laughs) I'm not sure, so we'll think about it. So there are post-show performances, there are post-show the talks after each performance, and the performances are 
Thursday through Sunday, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, yes, um, Thursday and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, seven o'clock. Um, Sunday at Sundays, uh, this Sunday, the 11th at seven, and then um, the 18th of um, and the 25th. Those Sundays are at 2 p.m. Those are the matinees, and. Um, yeah, yeah, I heard opening night on Sunday, the August 4th last week was awesome. And uh, oh, Regina, Regina Evans is, gosh, she is such a gift to our community. Um, and this work that she does um, comes from her heart. She is certainly an abolitionist. And um, Regina, not Regina, but Rashida Chase, uh, who um, is, New to this iteration of the production, um, Regina says she sees one more iteration with dance. She's going to talk about that. Um, is This work is one that we have talked about with her um, many times uh, on the air, and each time the conversation goes deeper, and, uh, and we're really happy that she finds the fortitude to be able to keep telling the story until there is no need for the story. But presently, there is a need for the story. And I'm going to read a little bit of her bio, just so you can kind of know who we're talking about. And I'm going to read um, Rashida Chase's, and I'm going to read hers first. Uh, an Oakland native, vocalist and culture and wellness advocate, Rashida Chase, has always sought ways to integrate instead of compartmentalize her seemingly disparate passions and believes that music is a healing force and a unifier of people. She recognizes the power of inspiration and creativity that music holds and strives to create experiences that soothe, heal, and inspire her audiences to tap into that power and realize their full selves. Regina Y. Evans, again, is an Oakland native and the owner of Regina's Door, an Oakland-based social enterprise vintage clothing store, which operates as a creative arts healing and sanctuary space for survivors of sex trafficking. Regina's Door was named 2015 Social Changemaker and Oakland Indie Awards. 2016 Nancy's Hero, uh, named after Nancy, named after Nancy O'Malley. Um, Alameda County District Attorney. Regina Evans received the 2017 Oakland City Council Commendation in celebration of Small Business Week. As a modern-day abolitionist, Ms. Evans is a member of the Alameda County United Council and the CSEC Program Council uh, forward slash Claire's House Safe House at Catholic Charities, um, a Catholic Charities project. She was honored to be a speaker and delegate at the 2017 United Nations 61st Commission on the Status of Women. Um, she is an award-winning social justice poet, playwright, costumer, and performer. Her stage plays 52 Letters, which brings awareness to the fight against modern-day slavery, was honored to win the Best of San Francisco Fringe Festival Award 2013, and she continues to perform the play through California. Ms. Evans is the creative director and costumer for Ceremony, a theatrical ritual troupe bringing healing to survivors of sex trafficking and member of House Full of Black Women, a multi-site performance ritual project that addresses the displacement 
well-being, and sex trafficking of black girls and women. Ms. Evans is honored to be a board member of Gritty City Repertory Youth Theater. And without further ado, I'm going to play again. I'm going to rebroadcast this interview um, with Regina and Rashida. Um, hmm, I guess this was um, July 31st. Yes. <clears throat> Talk about 52 letters um, written and performed by Regina with vocals by Rashida. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? And so you're. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. So Ubuntu um, Theater Project is uh, having you mount your 52 letters. Um, wow, which which iteration is this for you, Regina? Because um, I remember, oh. gosh, it's been a lot of years since you wrote this. <laughs> it has been. Um, mm. So I, I wrote it, well, I started writing it in 2010, and I performed it for the first time at, in 2013 at the San Francisco Fringe Festival. And mm-hmm. so I think it has had numerous, I, I, I can't even put a number figure on it, but I know it has morphed and changed since 2013. Um, I've tried, it seems like every time I do it, it kind of shifts, shifts a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I've done it the same any one time. The basis of right, it is the right. same, but it always mm-hmm. there's something different because the message that I'm trying to get out is all it always seems to shift. There's always something right. added to it. Yeah, like for this one, I feel right? like I'm calling. Call, come. Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the yep. display is not, you know, like, you can't, like, put it in a drawer because it's history. It's like, no, it's not history. It's right. present. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And I've tried to put it away, but it keeps coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, these, those babies, you know, those children that you, you yep. talk about, they keep on yep. saying, oh, no, 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 Mm-mm, no. Yeah. We, we're yep. not ready to retire yet. Mhm. <laughs> nope. Yeah. No. I yeah. tried to put it away last yeah. year, and I couldn't. So. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's gonna be um your your um opening um this this Friday, August second, and you have a nice yeah. long run. Usually, you know, sometimes yeah. you know people have to catch it in a couple of days, but this time, you know, <laughs> yeah. August second through twenty third, and then each. Um, performance, you have these great um, speakers that are that people because it's yeah. not the kind of play that you want to go home. You want to process with people, so mm-hmm. you know and, and put it in some context. So, wow, your um, you know the list of speakers is really phenomenal. And then I don't remember, yes. Rashida, um, have you been singing, um, accompanying um, Regina in this work, or is this something new for the Ubuntu production? Rashida, can't hear you. Oh, Rashida, she hasn't joined us yet. Okay. Oh, okay. Unless she's all right. Yeah, she hasn't joined us. Okay. Okay. Well, um, maybe you could text her or something. 
Okay. So now you you can you can answer the question, Regina. Okay. So um, this is so um, fifty two letters was part of the um, a residency. Um, it's uh, a residency between Naka Dance Theater and Eastside Arts Alliance called um, Layer Residency, oh. Live Arts and Resistance. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I was able to do that, and Rashida um, joined me for that those performances. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, it, there are people who have seen 52 Letters. I'll just come back, and so they've seen a lot of different iterations. And everyone mm-hmm. came up and was like, you have got to have her sing, like, from now on. Because she carries uh-huh. such an ancestral spirit within her. And mm-hmm. it shifted the, it shifted it to a, a whole different level. Mm-hmm. And so um, so this will be the second one. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, I missed you with Naka. I love Naka's work. This oh, is, yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it um, at the Fringe. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've i seen it, like, a lot of times. Um, and I remember seeing it at, um, I don't know what the program was, but it was at um, East Oakland Youth Development Center. Uh, it was a whole afternoon or day of just sort of looking at um, oh, human right. trafficking. And, mm-hmm. um, yep. and I think... I've seen. I think I've seen it. I think I've seen it about four or five times, um, in different settings. Yep. Um, like excerpts yep. or the whole thing. You know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I missed with. I missed the one with Rashida. Wow. Yeah. That's that. Oh. Wow. To have boy. to have like somebody there with you because you're usually by yes. yourself. You know. With. Yes. Um And and so to have have that kind of support. You know, visceral kind because, of, you know, the songs probably really hit us, you know, in a different yeah. kind of way. Yeah. Right. Wow. Because I use um, wow. uh, recorded music. I have, I've had uh, a couple of singers, but Rashida mm-hmm. just, you know how you're just waiting for that right person? Because when I, when I mm-hmm. wrote it, I wrote it as a one-woman play, but I oh, had always envisioned a singer and a dancer mm-hmm. to go oh, along okay. with it. yeah. Yeah, and so you, you had you've had dancers, right? I haven't yet. Or you haven't? Oh, you haven't had? Oh, really? So so then so we hear another iteration then. <laughs> so yes. you have the singer. And I, and okay. I think I just found the dancer. She's actually choreo. Oh. I'm gonna do like movement oh, I in think this. This might be Rashida. Let's see. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. She just oh. texted me back. She's, oh, yeah. good yeah. morning, Rashida. Is that you? Good morning. It's me. Good morning. Hi, Regina. Ah, yeah, super. Hey. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, so um Regina was um was sharing uh her her vision, um, that she sees a dancer. So continue your what you were saying, uh, Regina and then we'll um we'll talk more about about you and Rashida together telling this story. And we'll let yeah. you all talk about like what is this story, fifty two letters, because we haven't even like, <laughs> yes. Let our audience mm-hmm. know, like, what is this about? 52 letters. Hmm. <laughs> right. No, go, I just, so go ahead, like, eventually, it'll, uh-huh. eventually it'll have, like, a dancer who'll just do some um, movement, um, like, interpretive dance. So mm-hmm. that's coming up at some time. 
Um, it might take a while, but I pretty I think I found someone. I think mm. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, Rashida, um, Chase, tell us tell us about um, you know how how you came to to meet Regina Evans and um, and together with her, you know, want to. To, to share this story um, in, in the form of letters, 52 letters, and then as you maybe talk about how you came to know um, Regina and this work, maybe you could tell our audience what is this about and sort of how, how did you choreograph it, you know, with the music? Um, did you make the suggestions? Did you all come up with the songs together? Uh, is it prov- mm-hmm. improvisational? Um, is it, yeah, just talk a little bit about, about your work with Regina. Okay. Uh, well, Regina met Regina. And I met a few years ago. Uh, we had we know a lot of the same people, so people had been saying mm-hmm. to me for two or three years, "You need have you met Regina yet?" And I was like, "No, I haven't met her yet." <laughs> but you got to meet Regina. She'll she'll love you. You'll love each other. I'm like, okay, you know. But nobody ever made it happen. And then I, um, my sister actually performed Ocean Femi Wambi and Jerry performed at her store and so that was the first time I got to meet her but it was in passing you know it was kind of like hi how are you I'm singing background for my sister and that was kind of it and then um we met another we actually got to meet and talk at this human rights training that we were doing through um, a nonprofit called the world as it could be and so mm-hmm. we actually got to talk and get to know each other at that point, it was about what was that two years ago now? Yep. Yep. Um, and so <clears throat> she she got sick. So it was supposed to be a three day institute, and she <laughs> yeah. got sick after the first day. And I was like, "Where's Regina? Oh my god! Like I finally got to meet her, and now I don't get to you know <laughs> hang out with her." And so they were like, "Oh, she she had an asthma attack," and and I made mm. this tea that um that really helps with respiratory issues and so I had told her about it and I was like I'm going to bring you some so I brought her some tea and then it's basically been kind of on and popping since then we just <laughs> yeah. so then I, you know then I just started dropping by the store and we would just talk and we always talk for hours and just about everything and um she told me about the play <clears throat> probably a year ago and was like, yeah, you know, I do this uh, this one woman show, and it's really awesome. You know, she wanted me to come, and initially it was just, you know, she had invited me to come to see it, and and then she said, you, at some point she said, you know, I would really like for you to sing some of the song, you know, sing the songs. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay, well, of course, it's you, of course I'll do it, and um, so. I didn't really get to experience the entire thing until we were in rehearsals. And so I didn't really <laughs> understand what it was at first. And I was like, oh, this is very intense. Um, but, um, and, you know, something that I think gets kind of a topic matter that gets brushed to the side a lot and people just are able to ignore it because it's not in their daily life. And so um, as far as the topic matter is concerned, it's about human trafficking and and young people who are in the sex trafficking business. And, um, you know, it was, for me, I was like, oh, wow, like this is, 
way deeper than I thought it was going to be. So Regina already had songs in mind, and mm. I actually knew almost all of them. There was only one song that I didn't know. Um, mm. And so I was like, well, that's perfect because, I, you know, I, I don't have to learn a bunch of stuff, which is great. Um, but even, <laughs> you know, in any case, you know, that's that's what I have to do is learn music all the time. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like mm-hmm. it was a big deal, but it was just like, oh, this is, there was a lot of synchronicity at the time um, when she asked me mm-hmm. to do it. And so it was, I mean, of course, it's an honor. Like, Regina is a legend in the community. So to oh even be a part of it, for her to ask me to do it was just, I was really humbled and just like, okay, this is, you know, this is really big for me. Um, and to be able to assist in raising awareness in in this way, in a way that, you know, is meaningful to me in a lot of ways as an individual is really powerful. So I'm just excited to be a part of a part of 52 Letters and that she asked me to do it because <laughs> she could have, but there's a lot of really talented singers in the Bay Area and, you know, of all the people here, she asked me to do it. So just happy to be a part of it. Oh wow! Yeah, I've actually seen you perform um, at the um, uh, one of the uh, uh, Orisha uh, conferences um, put on by your brother-in-law oh. and your okay. and your sister. Yeah, and you and your sister and your mother performed together um, yeah. a few years ago, and that was like mm-hmm. the first one, and that was really really awesome. Oh wow! Wow! Really nice. Yeah. Oh, good to be speaking to you. You are. I love your voice. Ah, oh, wow. Right. Oh, thank you yeah. so much. Yes. <laughs> yes mm-hmm. So what what are the songs, uh, Regina, that um that you um and uh you know, Rashida, you know, both both knew, um <laughs> and except for the one that she, she, you know, that was new to her, her repertoire. Um uh sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, I've been in the storm too long, and uh, I think was that the one that was new to you, Rashida? No, no. it was the it was oh. River Rise that was the new. Song. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, we're, and we're not doing that in this iteration. Um, yeah, been in the storm too long, and then wait in the water. Wait in the water, oh freedom, mm-hmm. and then the third one mm-hmm. is. Oh, precious Lord. So they're mm-hmm. all spiritual. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Mhm. Yeah. Oh, and which what, what is the yeah. one that you're not going to be doing this time? Um, River Rise by India Ari. Yeah. We did oh, that in the last wow. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it just it's oh. like when I envisioned it, it was just all like pulling from you know the, the, those ancestral um, words and sounds and and songs. So I just went back to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh wow, wow. And Christina, yeah, like, and sings them so beautifully. Mm-hmm. I like literally just want to stop and watch her sing. Because I view her like it's weird because I view her the same way like. For me, like whenever I hang out with her, I'm like, oh my god, I'm hanging out with a legend. You know, 
Rashida Chase, you know, Rashida Chase is in my show, you guys, you know. So I feel like the same way. <laughs> It's such an honor mm-hmm. to have her, like, be involved. Like, I want to pinch myself. Like, and be like, oh, my God, oh. is this real? But, yeah, so I'm just, because she's just an awesome person. And to be able to, like, you can feel it. Like, you'll see when you um, come, you'll you'll see. It's, I can't even really explain it, but it just lifts it to a completely different place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Regina, what, what, um, you know, why 52 letters and, and what, you know, what, what, um, sort of caused you to, to write this particular piece, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, um, sort of speaks to, you know, sort of the issue of, um, of, uh, uh, child, child sexual trafficking, um, mm-hmm. and, and then, and then you've got, you know, these, these warriors, you know, that are rescuing, you know these children and providing sanctuary mm-hmm. for these children, and then mm-hmm. and then we we add to, you know, sort of the complexity of this issue. We add mm-hmm. to it, you know, sort of the legal abduction of children, which is happening mm-hmm. now with mm-hmm. these children that are, um, you know, that are immigrants and they're getting separated from their parents. They're being abducted. You know, a lot of them are still not with their families. I mean, this is really horrific. Mhm. Yep. Um mm-hmm. so what led me to actually like to write it is because like when you talk to when you talk to um the beloved community Americans we always think that like what you hear the most is it's happening over there. Like it's not mm-hmm. happening here mm-hmm. with our own girls and our own boys. And so wherever you are not placing an emphasis on with trafficking, that's where it flourishes. And trafficking hits um, brown and black girls exponentially. Like they are just raped with impunity. And nobody, well, I won't say nobody, but the beloved community as a whole is not talking about it. You you hear more about it now. Um, But there wasn't an emphasis on domestic and, and I'll give you an example. So the government put the state department puts out a tip report, which is trafficking in person. Now this mm-hmm. is our state, our state department. It didn't even include the United States. We did it. It didn't even include us. It didn't include the United States. So they looked at every other nation except for, except for the United States, which is ridiculous. And in 2010, that was the first time that they included the United States and what was going on domestically in the report. So mm, the report gives wow. like a, a yes, that's and that so that'll give you an indication of how much of an emphasis is not placed on our girls and our boys that are born in this land being trafficked. And and that and so I was just infuriated, and because you could just see it. You, I mean, you could we could see the tip of the iceberg. You know, when you go to the track of the blade, you see, you know, these young girls and boys stand just standing there. And so it's obviously happening. And um, and so I just I actually I got very angry. I met um, 
uh, Sarai Mazariegos, who was at the time the um, student coordinator for Dreamcatchers, and I was doing a class there, doing a creative writing class. And if you know Sarai, she will light your fire, right? She's very Mm -hmm. uh, straightforward, very knowledgeable. And so I determined at that point that I was going to do something. And I and I know how to write. I'm a poet. And so I just started writing a play. And then I was oh. like, oh, I need to learn how to, how to do theater. That's how I met you. I was at Central Works. I yes. um, got hired at Central Works because I needed to know how the backstage worked so I could actually mm-hmm. put a play into on stage. Because I was like, I'm going to write a play. And I was like, oh, I need to figure out how actually plays actually <laughs> are mounted. So... Yeah, so I was at Central Works for like three years. But that's mm-hmm. how I started. I just I got angry, and then I wanted to tell uh, the story. So I just kind of uh, mm-hmm. mixed it in with my story, and um, it's a poetic bearing of witness composite of a lot of different stories. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I don't I don't know if if um, uh, when um, the uh, the current um, district attorney for Alameda County, um, back when she first started, um, and mm-hmm. um, and then assembly person um, uh, Sandra Swanson, he yeah. he um, he changed some legislation around because um, uh, what would happen is the children that are being trafficked were being um, uh, criminalized, and so he. Yeah. He uh, he um he yeah, he changed the um the leg- he changed the law around that so that the children yeah. wouldn't be uh, criminalized. The yeah. adults would so, be the ones that and that and, and, and that then, came, um, uh, but that came under the impetus mm-hmm. of of Nola Brantley and Sarai okay. Mazariegos who mm-hmm. who started Missy because Missy was the first organization anti-traffic mm-hmm. organization in Oakland. And so they right. were running upon, like, you know, girls being arrested, girls being arrested. So they they pushed that narrative. That's how it, how it first mm-hmm. started. It started with survivor right. leaders. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and I remember it was like, um, it was a, it was like a good Friday that it happened. It was right in front of Oakland City Hall. And, um, and and we all at the end it ended in like a candlelight vigil <clears throat> mm-hmm. because because there's a there's a there was a campaign that happened after that not the same period um, but I've I've been sort of like following this for a long time and and we were supposed to like put put a green porch light on our porch and turn it on so that a child oh. who was in in distress would know oh. that this was a house where you could get help. Remember what? That? No. Yeah. We need to do that. Okay. Yeah, Shoot. yeah. It was a part. It was a play that was um uh, that was um a part of a um, back when Patton College um was. Oh, I don't okay. think they're around anymore. But yeah, no. someone did a play, and it was around um, uh, human trafficking. And and this wow. was and I don't I don't think she created it but yeah and they gave us they gave us these 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 green lights to put to put on you know to screw into our um you know our porches so that we could turn them on 
Because, oh you my know, because I remember how, because my daughter, uh, my, my younger daughter, when she was a teenager, when she was in high school, um, uh, Youth Outlook, uh, that, that magazine, and now it's online, but they did a series on, you know, um, uh, human trafficking, sexual uh-huh. trafficking of young people, because East Fort uh-huh. East was the strip, uh-huh. and I don't know if it's still uh-huh. the strip, but yep. it might still be the strip. And I it mean, is. like they, she took pictures. They, I think they just they staked it out for like I don't know all day, and she just took pictures of of transactions, and then the, and uh-huh. then the writer wrote the story. It was crazy, like the frequency and the amount of children. Yes. And yes. then some of the guys who were like pimping these girls were on bicycles. Like what? <laughs> yep. Bicycles. Like really? Yep. Mhm. Yeah. They're still on bicycles, and the track is still mm. the same, but pushed mm. back to include East Fifteenth. Mm-hmm. I think as that construction comes down, um, International. Yeah. So, uh, so there's now like East Fifteenth. Um, Mm Because we're getting a lot of complaints from residents and churches um, about the activities. So Mm -hmm. um, I would like the churches to open their doors and not complain, but to open doors, Mm -hmm. which would be amazing. So, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, they they have concerns about the the activity that's going on. So. I have talked to a couple of people, and I just recently talked to um, council member uh, Kaplan's um, chief of staff about how mm-hmm. how can we get the churches in that area and some of the residents to actually do something positive for the girls um, mm-hmm. and boys to, like, open the doors. Because I always say, you know, churches, they have – kitchens, they have bathrooms, they have extra rooms. Most time they're not open during the week. So you have like, you are a sanctuary, like literally. So mm-hmm. so be that. And how do, how do we work that out with them? Um, like I know Allen Temple, they do that in the, mm-hmm. in the 80s, because the track yeah. does go all the way down to the 80s. And they have like a, they do this whole thing with um, like I mean, it's beautiful. They I think they do showers, they do um, giveaways, food, clothes, like nails, hair, like everything. It's called um, it's by the Allen Temple Street Disciples, and it's a program called I think it's called Sister to Sister. Oh, and nice. so they yeah yeah they open their doors, and that that I think that model could be like uh, recreated. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if you if you could talk about because um, uh, I'm thinking 52 letters there are 52 weeks in a year. Um, mm-hmm. Wondering if there was a connection, and and you know the connection between um, you know sexual trafficking and um, and and the you know abol- the enslavement of our people because you have these Negro spirituals which you know I'm mm-hmm. sure was intentional. So you're yes. connecting it. Yes. Yeah. And and yeah. and then and then uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, Rashida, if you could maybe sing a little bit of something for us Ooh. on the air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yay! 
Um, I did 50, so I, I named, well, when I titled it 52 Letters, I I just, I like, I heard it in my spirit, and I didn't question mm-hmm. it. I was like, okay, that's the title. But as I began to pray about it, like, for me, my letters are my greatest weapon and my greatest fortress. And so mm-hmm. there's, like, 26 letters in the alphabet, so I just, in my head, I, is that right? Yeah, I just kind of curved those. And then add in another layer, and that's a circle. Hmm. And and that's a fortress. And to me, that's what 52 letters is. Like when I'm on the stage and I'm speaking out letters and words, it's a fortress. I'm trying to fortress the babies and trying to fortress them with calling for the community to help them. And that's how it hmm. came to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and then after I see it, I wanted to ask you to share something, uh, Regina, from from Fifty Two Letters, and then um, I wanted you, maybe you both, to to close, you know, sort of reflecting on the work, and and I don't know, I just don't know how you can do it evening after evening because it's yeah. it's hard to it's hard to be in the audience. I don't know how it is, you know, to like actually <laughs> be the one doing it. And uh, yeah. yeah, and yeah, that's like all. <laughs> but, you know what I like really like because you give us God something to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's prayer, God, and spirit. Because I wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. Ancestors, mm-hmm. I just there's no way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, do you want to be? The opening, so I could do motherless child, and then you could do the opening. Uh, I think I'm gonna do the just the three things for sing to her the things of beauty, and then go into into which and then song. The, um, you you could do whichever song. Okay. Uh, you could do motherless child. Okay, I'll do yeah. that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a mother's child, a long way from home, a long way from home. Okay, go ahead, Rina. Okay. Oh, sorry. I'm just having a moment with your voice. So um, this this part is the last part of uh, um, Act 3, which is basically an instruction um, to a direct instruction to the audience on how to care for our children. Mm-hmm. And this is the end of it. Sing to her the things of beauty until her wounds are finally bound by the kiss of life and weeping no longer remembers her name. Walk by her side and give her hope until she is the sound of the dream 
beauty in motion, faith in bloom, and the rise of justice as it springs forth. Hold her hand to quiet her fears until she is able to wear a crown of beauty instead of ashes to bask inside the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and to dance inside a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And if you do these things, then she will know that life has not forgotten her, that it has heard her cry and felt her tears. And she will begin to believe that she will not die, but she will live, live. And all because you dared to learn a deeply simple message of love for the sake of you, for the sake of you, and for the saving of all that she was ever created to be, wade in the water for your children, wade in the water. Mm. And then that's it. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Didn't you take this to the U.N.? or something? You went. I yeah, I was a. I took. So I was a delegate and a speaker for the UN Commission on the Status of Women in 2017. And so mm-hmm. um, I did. I did do part of um, 52 letters. I did a couple pieces from it. So I did a speech, and then I. Um, started and ended it with pieces from 52 letters and then I took um, a ritual troupe who also performed as well yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah so what does that mean um, you said that um, tell, me, tell me again the the name or the title of like what you were called to present I mean like your, your title tell, say that again I didn't jot it down fast enough uh, when oh, we presented the to the UN. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a I was um a delegate, a delegate, delegate, delegate uh-huh. uh-huh, for mm-hmm. the UN Commission on the Status of Women, um, in okay. 2017. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That was that was a trip. Yeah. They do it mm-hmm. every they do it every year, and that year. Um, they did it all on human trafficking, so they pick a, oh. a theme, and so um, and so then you have panels, and you have NGOs um, who uh, do a panel or a couple panels, and so I went with Pathways of Peace, so I was chosen mm-hmm. to speak on their panel, and then they chose me to be a delegate as well. Okay, which is great. So how was that? Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting experience. Uh, I don't really talk about it a lot because it was it was painful. I had a very painful experience uh, as a as a black survivor. Like when I got back there, um, I got a call the night before, and the, the whole panel was white. I got a call from the head of the panel saying, "We don't have a seat for you at the panel, so you're going to speak first, and then you have to go sit in the audience." Oh, and I was were they like, serious? <laughs> and I was just oh. so stunned. I, I, I was like, what? And so, yeah, hmm. that's what they did. I was the only black person on the panel and the only survivor on the panel. And there were some mm-hmm. some organizations who had two people. Nobody gave me their seat, 
And I just mm. think I was like in shock because I didn't question it or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't often mm. talk about it, but I'm glad I had the experience. And then, of course, everybody mm-hmm. tried to apologize later, but, you know, the damage was done. But that's how black totally. survivors are are treated. That's why I have my own stuff. So mm-hmm. they want to reference you and, you know, but they don't want you to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so it was one right. of those experiences. Yeah. But I'm glad I had the experience because there were other beautiful things that happened. But that, yeah. So I don't really talk about it a lot, but, yeah, it was painful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you said a few times that you're a survivor. So what what does that mean mm-hmm. that you're a survivor and um 'cause I know your story is in there too and you shared mm-hmm. your story 'cause we we've had lots of conversations. I think this might yeah. be number three, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean I'm yeah, but, um, trafficking. I talk, I used mm-hmm. to talk about it a lot, and then one day I was like, you know what, I am so tired of myself. Like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. talk about this anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And so I actually prayed. I was like, God, give me a platform so that I can just say my whole story one time, and that's going to be the last mm-hmm. time that I do it from beginning to end. And literally the next day or the next week, the San Francisco Chronicle called and said, can we do a story on you? I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And so it mm. ended up, they did a story on my store, which, and my whole uh, mm-hmm. story with a really wonderful reporter. She she didn't just come out and ask me questions. She came over to the store, like, several times and spent, like, numerous hours, and she actually wrote a, re- a very beautiful piece, which ended up being on the front page of the business section of the Chronicle. And so it's mm-hmm. there. There's my story. So I was like, there's my platform. Now I'm done. Boom. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so tell us, tell our audience again about um, about uh, 52 letters. It's going to be at as a part of Ubuntu um, mm-hmm. uh, Theater Company um, uh, season, a uh, theater project season, yeah. and um, yeah, 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 and it's starts on August 2nd and continues through the 23rd, and you've got, like, so many people that are going to be presenting at each and every performance. Is there an intermission, yes. or there is? Okay. Nope. Okay. No. No. There's no Me or she to just okay. go straight through it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it actually goes to the twenty. It goes through the 25th. And then uh, oh, we do, okay. like, a... Oh, so the card is wrong. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, um, the, okay. Uh-huh. Um, it's the twenty fifth. Um the two more days, that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we do a cooling down period afterwards. So like a communion mm-hmm. doing a communion kind of thing afterwards before we start the talk back. So mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anything people should do to prepare? And who who um, uh, who is the audience? I've been I haven't been like that pointed in my prayers this time. I, it's weird because like last time we had like a lot of men come. I just, I think mm-hmm. general. I think the audience this time is going to be kind of. Uh, it feels like it's going to be more like a, a tapestry. Um, but mm-hmm. what we're trying to do with it is call in the community, so that they can heal, so that then the community call call in the babies. 
because mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why we don't have so many soldiers on the field is because people are carrying their own hurts and pains. And so those people need to kind of reckon with their own own um, trauma and stuff. So, um, so we're also, because invariably it's the conversation ends up being about people's pains as well. That happens mm-hmm. at every performance. And so we're just going to try to hold people in that as well. Um, From beginning to end, there's a pre-talk about, um, because it does, you've seen it, you know, carries like huge waves of sorrow and grief and just Mm -hmm. looking after their own hearts and people, it's okay for people to to get up and leave if they need to. Um, I'm doing an altar. There are going to be healers there every night. Um, and then we're going to do kind of a communal um, time of um, wine and bread and cheese and that I'm placing on the auction block. Um, You're placing so it on the auction of, block? Because mm-hmm, I do the performance on this auction block, but so I'm also going to oh, have okay. the, the communion stuff on. I'm going to place it on the auction block so people could stand around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, the references to our ancestors are, like, very um, direct. Very, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very direct. Yeah, yeah. Are you still writing writing that play that you have been working on for a minute that was commissioned uh-huh. by, um, okay, Theater First, I think? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but I pulled it, yeah. like, a couple months before it was going on stage. And I still would like to see it. Um, it's so magical. It's just, I think it's actually a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like every time I read it, I'm like, this is a movie. And so I have no mm. idea how to get that from where it is now to making it into a movie. So I'm just like letting it sit with the ancestors and God and spirit and see where it wants to be. But it's it's finished. I can send it to mm. you to read if you want to read it. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's actually, it's like it's. I don't know. It's it's very special to me. So I just I just put it aside because it has to have its right place mm-hmm. and the right hands on it oh. and stuff. So oh, yeah. yeah, I would love to read it. Ah, yeah, yeah oh, I would love you. to read it. Mm, okay, thank you. Yeah, and um, wow, uh, Rashida. Um, any any um you know sort of closing thoughts around around the work and and your you know your artistic uh and spiritual contribution to um to enlivening you know um the message the text you know um with mm-hmm. you know this really your beautiful voice um um i think that for me <clears throat> This being my second time doing it and and having experienced it the first time, it's now I feel kind of like the music is a reprieve for people in the middle of mm-hmm. all of this intensity, you know. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot that's coming at people <laughs> for the, mm-hmm. you know, for the entire play. 
And so I feel like it's the songs give people kind of a break and also bring them something familiar. Most people have heard these songs at some point, you know. I grew up mm-hmm. singing these songs. So for me, um, this has been, this happening now is, is, is so interesting. I was sharing with Regina, a mutual friend of ours, Ellen, actually the woman who uh, was the artistic director for the human rights program that we met at. She mm-hmm. was the director of a play, the very first play that I was in 30 years ago when I was nine years old. <laughs> you mean Ellen and so, Yes. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. so she she directed the first play that I was in called The Sanctified Church, which um, wow. I played a young Zora Neale Hurston, and Louisa mm. Teach played adult Zora. And so oh. a few weeks ago, Ellen posted a picture of me when I was nine and a picture of me now while I was performing and, mm-hmm. you know, said, you know, time traveling, Rashida Chase, the Sanctified Church, 1989. And it mm-hmm. was just like, wow, that was, it was 30 years ago, you know, when I first mm-hmm. started mm-hmm. in theater. And now here I am 30 years later with a friend of the woman who got me started in theater <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, doing this work for the girls girls in my city, you know, and um, mm-hmm. anybody who knows me knows how much I love my city and the work that I do um, to really, like, raise the consciousness about the value of artists and the important of art, importance of artists in our community and why, you know, we need to preserve and uh, maintain our culture here in Oakland particularly. And... Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, this is it's just, it's very timely, and I'm just excited, and it's going to be interesting to see. You know, there are a lot of calls to action right now, and I feel like this is something that's really important, and everything is kind of converging to actually create some change and make some things happen. So I'm mm-hmm. excited for this. Yeah. Right, right. Well, congratulations, um, you know, Regina, for, um, you know, getting getting this run of this really important Thank work. You. And, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, you're quite welcome. And, and Rashida, you know, to, to add your voice, you know, to the work. And so we just need to, um, you know, you know, see it again with the dancer, right? Um, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That iteration. Too bad you can't add the dancer to this one. <laughs> I know, right? But, I know. Yeah, but I guess theater's not I mean, well some theater's improvisational, but that's a particular kind of theater. <laughs> she, she, well maybe when we get to the maybe when we get to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival or one of the bigger yes, festivals then we can do that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they have a great director. Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, you have to let me know yeah. when that happens, Regina, so I can come on, you know, make that trek up to uh, to Oregon to to see the work, um, you know, in that iteration. Wow, that would be, maybe we could just like do a few busloads, you know, yeah, right. Over the day. That, that would be, be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it would be. It, it would be really amazing. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's a a great, um, you know, sort of projection. 
But in the meantime, mm-hmm. it's in Oakland <laughs> yes. at the Black Building, which is a really wonderful, wonderful location, 1501 Martin Luther King Jr. Way. Um, and, uh, wow, and so several performances will be followed by conversations with local anti-trafficking advocates. And, wow, it's really something that California is the U.S. states, United States most affected by human trafficking, and Oakland is a national hub for underage sex trade. It's like, yeah, huh, wow, Crazy. we don't want to be known Crazy. for that. No. Yeah, no, not, not a good like yeah. No, uh-uh, and, um, so people, you know, this is a this is a call to action. Uh, you will not want to sit on your hands after you experience this work. And um, for tickets um, and also for more information, people can visit UbuntuTheaterProject.com uh, forward slash letters. And then um, Regina, do you have um, the Regina's door? Once you give that information and your own website, um, and Rashida, yeah, if you have one, you can give yours too. Uh, my website is reginasdoor.com. Um, they can follow me on Facebook and um, Instagram at reginasdoor. I update my Facebook page in, um, the most. Um, and, yeah, that's it. Um, Rashida? Uh, for me, uh, people can find me on Facebook and Instagram, um, Rashida Chase Music. So, okay. yeah, yes. really easy to find me. I'm very Googleable. And if you want to find any music, awesome. there's music on YouTube. You can YouTube my name and stuff comes up. Yay. <laughs> All right, cool, cool, super. Wow. Well, thank you both so much um, for joining uh, joining me today. You know, to talk about the work um, and um, and and your advocacy. Um, you know, Regina and Rashida, and you know, keeping these these names, um, you know, of our ancestors and of our young people who need our protection, you know, keep their names lifted up so that people won't look away um, yes. you know, when they see when they see them because it's really obvious, yes. you know, that this yes. is what's happening. And, and hopefully, right. you know, um, they'll be able to get away because it's not easy um, when something becomes normalized as detrimental like this. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Normalized. Right. That's it. That's the word. That's the word. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well actually I um I I found um this song, River Rise, which I didn't know by India Ari. So we're gonna close our conversation, you know, with this piece. Okay. I hope I, I didn't listen to it. Yeah. So hopefully there are no commercials at the beginning of it. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah, she is just she just channels so much of you know ancestral wisdom through her work, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so beautiful in her her work. I mean, you know, um, Jill Scott. We've got some sisters that are just really you know singing our story. So beautiful, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and that's, you know, mm-hmm. that song was good for the. It was beautiful. It was um, Sherry Miller, who's the she works at. Um, Theater first. She she chose that song for that iteration, and it was perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I just saw Sherry because you know they um they just did um a, a stage reading of um Citizen and American Lyric, um, and uh, and she was there. And Sherry is what is she um uh she's the what is her title at um 
Sophia the first. Um, she's the house manager, I think she's right? House manager. Yep. So yep. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Well, cool. So here we are, and um, look forward to seeing you in the theater. Um, okay. To be sad. Um, <laughs> and inspired, and and um, and you know, and, and giving a, you know, sort of a, what do you call it, a direction, like like a directive, like you got to do something, like you don't even have yeah. to say it. Um, seeing those baby yep. dolls, all I don't know how many of them are there, um, Regina, because they keep on getting more and more and more. How many dolls are there? There's four now. There's four because I put two in the audience. Uh huh. I see two okay. in the audience. Okay. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just right up oh. front. Oh my goodness. Right up front. They have their own seats. Okay. Mm. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, because these babies <laughs> are being trafficked, but they're also watching. They're also have a visual to their own um, degradation when they're seeing mm-hmm. other girls and so they're actually watching it. So that's trauma too, you mm-hmm. know? And so yeah. I put them there for that purpose. Mm-hmm. So people can actually mm-hmm. kind of make the connection. Not only is it happening to them, they're actually watching it happen to other, other young women. So, mm-hmm. and then wow. yeah. girls and boys. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, y'all take good care and have a great rest of the okay. day. And thank you so much for this great conversation. I really appreciate it. And uh, Regina, look forward to getting, um, you know, um, the script. You know, when you get a moment, so I can read it. Okay, I sent I sent it to you. Oh, you did. Oh, okay, super. Yeah. All righty. Yeah. Well, thank you again. <laughs> okay. Right. Thank you. You take good care. Sure. Okay. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Regina. Oh, thank you. Bye. There was always a power I could feel. It was guidance to tell me the way to go. But nowadays, I feel like I can't hear that voice. I've been flying blind. I need you to come and be my
at your 